0: Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Wilander. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Lightning Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. And you're listening to the Tennis Podcast. <laughs> Well, hello and welcome to the Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph and with Eurosport. My name is David Law from BBC Radio 5 Live, sitting in the radio room, which is where we bring our reports worldwide all the way around the globe on BBC Radio 5 Live and BBC World Service. I'm sitting next to Catherine Whitaker, who's part of the Eurosport team. They've been wall-to-wall with their coverage today, and there's been so much to talk about, hasn't there, Catherine? Because, you know, results galore, shocks galore, and heat stories galore. Because, I mean, we're sitting now in this nice air-conditioned radio room, keeping our voices down because our colleagues are all around. But the fact is, the... The weather outside is pretty unpleasant to to walk out into. And I'm sure if you're in the snow right now, you're thinking, David Law, can you just shut up? But, But, describe it.
1: But, yeah, I mean, I know people sitting back home or wherever they are in in what i 'm hearing described as an Arctic bomb probably don't don't want to hear the first world problems of tennis journalists talking about how hot it is at the Australian Open in Melbourne, but there's heat, and there's there's what it is today, and what it is today is a it is it's an inferno i mean there's something so menacing about it and e- even in the shade it's extraordinary 140 degrees fahrenheit it apparently reached on the show courts today that's around about 60 degrees centigrade 60. around about 60 degrees yeah on, on uh, in the show courts you know in the well of the show courts where there's absolutely no breeze um, it, it, it I, i've never experienced anything like it i know it it's scheduled to be hotter tomorrow, and I physically cannot imagine that. I can't. No. Especially as I <laughs> I received an email overnight uh, from the production manager handling the um, the Winter Olympics for Eurosport, which is the gig <laughs> I'm going on to do. I'm on a, I'm at the very start of a mammoth seven-and-a-half-week um, Australian Open and Pyeongchang Winter Olympics trip at the moment. She calls us work. <laughs> and uh, I had an email overnight explaining that there's an extreme weather warning in place in South Korea they're experiencing lows of minus 25 (laughs) currently that is an 85 degree centigrade (laughs) difference in temperature right yeah I won't bore you with with my travails of packing for this trip but it's been challenging anyway
0: yes i I did once do my first year i did the australian open i went from 37 degrees to minus 17
1: was that just solihull
0: no that was zagreb actually in croatia (laughs) uh solihull just sort of you know just nice and temperate around the sort of you know it's more drizzly than arctic
1: anyway you asked me to describe it and i I, I did my best there, but it's pretty impossible. Um, I think better than describing it is just to, to 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 look at a screenshot of the faces of either Novak Djokovic or a uh, Monfils feast during the match that they played in pro- i mean i'm sure i'm sure this tournament has thrown up conditions like that but it's it's as bad as i can remember the the most extraordinary thing about it for me this time yesterday or a little bit later on yesterday we were recording uh what time is it david around about eight thirty, eight forty-five 45 local time so ash Barty just in a tussle with camilla georgie on rod Laver arena with Roger Federer to follow this time yesterday we were talking about how seemingly controversial and potentially ridiculous it was that Roger Federer yet again was playing night session and poor old Djokovic was shunted into the uh, the day session in the, the worst of the heat. Well, it was broken by Chris Fowler of ESPN earlier today, uh, subsequent to a, a chat we think that he had with the Djokovic team, that Novak Djokovic requested to play day session yesterday, which at the time... That 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 news broke, I found utterly extraordinary. Well, he certainly knew something we didn't know, and yeah. we learnt a lot about Djokovic and about Monfils today. A, a lot of the French people I've I've spoken to were pretty scathing about Monfils today and the way he wilted so. Drastically after a set, and and more so the way he showed how much he was wilting. Because I think majority opinion is that Djokovic was suffering to similar levels. I mean, any human being would have been out there. It wasn't even about fitness, really. It was almost about mental strength. But he bluffed it. Yeah. He found a way to bluff it, and, and Morfees, what <laughs> whatever the opposite of bluffing it is. I mean, Morphise was you know was playing it up almost. He couldn't have been giving more of an upper hand to to his opponent. I know, look, I know it's tough. You know, I, I was not bluffing my way through 10 minutes of broadcasting in this heat earlier. I was letting everyone around me know how sweaty and uncomfortable I was. But, you know, these guys... It, it, they can't afford to do that. No, they can't really. afford to well, let on we, in the way that Monfils did today. We
0: had Dominic Inglots, the doubles player, in with us on, on commentary. And, and I asked him, you know, can you afford to feel sorry for your opponent if they're, if they're clearly suffering, like Gail Monfils was today? Can you afford to think, you know, I hope he's all right. And, 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 and Inglot said, no, you can't. He said, he said if he's suffering, I'm thinking, right, I'm really going for it now. I'm going to try and put, put the hammer down
1: especially not if you're suffering just as badly which i mean if you, you, you that eight-minute game that Djokovic played in the fourth set, trying to serve it out when Monfils had break-back points and it seemed like the game would never end and it came to the point where Djokovic had had a few match points that had come and gone and he t- just took this long sigh and gazed upwards and it was just, you you realised then what an absolute ordeal that it had been for him and it, it was the look of a man that just couldn't bear for it to go on for a second longer and, and you saw the same in the embrace they had at the net afterwards. They both realised that Experienced something that, that most most athletes don't, um, and they'd sort of made it through it together. Um, I think he was suffering just as much. It's just we didn't. It wasn't as demonstratively as it was for, yeah. for Montfey. Well, we
0: were having a conversation in the first set of that match, weren't we? Obviously, at that point, Monfils had won the first set. We were wondering, you know, if this is the case that that Chris Fowler has got got this right that Djokovic has wanted to play in the afternoon. I mean, what is he doing? You know, that, how, how, why would you want to do that? But actually, if that is the case, I mean, it, it, bore itself
1: out. And it shows I mean that really tells us something about Djokovic that he was willing to put himself through that because he backed himself to, to have the edge. Mm. At willing to, to put himself through what could potentially damage him for the, for the rest of the tournament maybe. I mean who knows I'm sure these guys are amazing at the recovery process. We've seen him recover from from worse certainly longer matches than, than that one before but the fact that he was willing to, to actively volunteer to put himself through something like that because he believed he would be able to show that he was the the stronger person physically and mentally it's a a real statement and you know I've I've heard a lot of question marks raised over Monfils, you know we were exchanging texts and I thought but I don't think of Monfils as somebody that's weak physically but actually I've heard a lot of people say that he relies too much on his natural fitness he is an extraordinary natural athlete and, and that shows in every inch of what he does. But first and foremost, he he didn't play a smart game today because he he used it all up. He used everything he had in that opening set. He was playing 15-shot rallies, and, yeah, he was winning them. But it was he must have known that he wouldn't have been able to do that for four or five sets. Why didn't he... He's so reluctant to play any kind of aggressive game, despite the fact that he has the shots to do so. You know, when you see him standing four metres behind the baseline to return serve... On a day like today, you, just can, you can see him gearing up for a 15-shot rally and you just mm. think, where's the self-preservation in there?
0: Yeah. I also. The other thing is, I, and we're only talking degrees here because he's obviously a, not only a phenomenal athlete, he, he's got great willpower as well. You don't get to where he is in the world and do what he's done without having it. But relatively speaking, he does not want it as much as Novak Djokovic. He would not be prepared to put himself through as much as those top few players.
1: I'm not sure many would be. I mean, no. I bet you Roger Federer wasn't asking for the day session match today.
0: Well, no, I, I, I'm, I'm sure he wasn't. Not, not that, I mean, S- it's, it's obviously a different situation. He
1: doesn't perhaps feel he needs the, the, well, that added edge over Jan Lander's truth. but I don't know. think there's... I don't. Think there's many that would have requested to the play t- day session today, no matter what the circumstances. The other
0: tactical thing that I mentioned to you is if you put Monfils out there in the bright lights when it's comfortable, he's more dangerous, isn't he? So, that, or at least that's how I would view it. So I, I can understand that, that Djokovic wouldn't want that Gail Monfils bouncing around, you know, wowing a nighttime, primetime prime-time crowd.
1: Yeah, same for Joe Wilfred Songa who will be playing prime-time tomorrow against yeah. Nick Kyrgios on Rod Laver Arena. It's happening.
0: I know, I can't wait for that. That means that Rafa Nadal's on the Margaret Court Arena. Actually, I heard somebody say that maybe the reason that that's the case is that maybe Nadal has said well I'd rather play over there in not the heat of the day than Rod Arena in the afternoon I spoke
1: to Carlos Moyá earlier and I believe that is that is what's happened and uh, Rafa actually practiced indoors today to uh, to shield himself from from the heat that's how brutal it was <laughs> Rafael Nadal didn't fancy it
0: wow Uh, if if he's not really enjoying it then you know something's up what do you think Catherine I mean I've asked on on social media does something need to change here we've done a pole vault do they need to Bring in this heat rule well, earlier how, and the, and have have the roof closed and and delay play until it cools down.
1: There seems to be some confusion because there is there are some there there are some camps and I, I heard a, a BBC interview that was done with the tournament doctor here back in 2014 that was being quoted a lot on Twitter today, in which the tournament doctor said conditions like this they might be uncomfortable and unpleasant but there is no medical reason not to allow athletes to, to play in this and then he went on to to cite evidence about evolution based argument about how cavemen used to spend hours in 40 degrees um, hunting for antelope. so we're yes, we're kind of that. we're kind of built for that um so th- th- that's the argument that seemingly seems an argument against having a heat rule at all you know like it or lump it this is the luck of the draw you, you play in the conditions that you happen to get on the day the other argument is yes you know there is there is a, a line um, and there there is a point at which it is um, cruel inhumane to to make athletes uh, go out there and play in the heat uh, but the fact that we have a rule, but it wasn't employed today makes a mockery of there being a rule, surely because it's there's this bizarre algorithm where it's not just about heat it's also about a wet bulb temperature it's it's humidity. a combined it's a combined it's an algorithm that combines heat and humidity to create sort of this weird magical um set of conditions in which the heat rule is invoked and the fact that those conditions uh, weren't triggered today makes a mockery of that rule. Yeah, that actually, yeah.
0: If, if that isn't...
1: Yeah, some, it seems someone has to spontaneously combust for the rule to be invoked. <laughs> that seems to be the situation.
0: Um, well, anyway, 81% of you think that uh, the rule needs to be brought in sooner. Um, and uh, and Catherine Whittaker's not uh, dissing the pole vault, so...
1: Did you do a separate pole vault about whether there should be a rule? I think there's sort of two issues at play here. There are some people that think this is the ultimate physical contest. You know, this really—I mean, this is this two days in a row. I've used the phrase "men from the boys," even though I hate that expression so much.
0: Proposing a pole vault.
1: Well, I'm just saying there there are two separate issues. There are two separate debate points at play here. I see. That's the only distinction I'm making. If you're going to do a pole vault, do it thoroughly. That's that's, that's, that's the argument I'm making.
0: Uh, Anyway, 81% think the rule needs to be brought in sooner. 19% think keep it as it is.
1: But I did say that this these conditions would throw up some weird results and,
0: and tomorrow's going to be hotter
1: and tomorrow's I mean I can't I cannot countenance that at the moment David. I just we,
0: we've got we've got a 12 hour date in the fridge first that we're planning <laughs> we're just going to sort of sit uh, in there I
1: mean it's just it's it's uh, it's thinking the unthinkable but uh, but we've had some weird results haven't we yeah, well and uh,
0: I don't know, some of them, I don't know how much you can put down to the weather and how much are just symptomatic of A, some brilliant tennis from some pretty unsung players and some below-par tennis from others. I mean, the Wimbledon champion lost today, Garbinia Muguruza, Magarutha straight sets to Shea Suwei and for me, I didn't Feel that surprised?
1: No, nor honest. did I. I mean, she is on her day. She Su Wei, She is anybody's worst nightmare, isn't she? She plays such a smart game. She just doesn't give you anything, and it's the ideal game for a day like today when you just want to stop faffing around. You know, the, the top names could probably be be guilty of walking onto the court and thinking this is about getting the job done as quickly as possible, rather than this is just about getting the job done you're not getting the job done quickly any which way against Sue Shei She's going to make your life difficult. She beat Joe Conta around one of the friends. She's got, you know, a fair few scalps to her name and it wasn't even that close against Muguruza today. There weren't that many moments where you thought... This is the comeback from the no. two-time Grand she'd Slam pinned, champion, were of sorts. But a, a colleague of mine from from Spanish Eurosport, Antonio, spoke to her in Spanish after after the match, and sometimes you get a bit more from her in Spanish. I'm, I'm led to understand, and he said what what she said was completely contradictory. The first question was how she is physically and whether that had any impact on the match today and she said absolutely not it wasn't about that and then in the last question he said you know what, what's next for you what's about the future and she said well my body's a mess and I've got to get my body straight before I think about anything else so it's difficult to to know what today was down to other than an excellent performance by Su Wei or Shea Su
0: Yeah I would say so Johanna Konta, from a British perspective we were watching her you, you had her on Eurosport we were commentating on her match and I was really impressed with her opponent, Bernarda Perra, who is somebody I'd frankly never heard of, hardly. 123 in the world. She'd never done anything of of, of any great note, but a left-hander, and she was slashing winners all over the place. And it got to 4 all, and you could just see the anxiety levels just starting to rise in contour, and she was getting a little more flustered. And she just could not penetrate the court. You know, this is somebody who relies on power, and she was not able to... To really hurt her opponent at all,
1: I found it a very weird performance from Joe Conta today, and that's not because Bernardo Paret did not play. Well, I don't think she played. Th- there was nothing sort of lights out or pu- purple patch about it. But I, it, was, it was, I disagree with you. But it, it, it was very, very good. But I think Joe Conta made her life easy today. There was no Plan B for, for said, Joe Conta. Look, she she didn't walked take out there. Charge. It was very very clear that plan A was not working for whatever reason you know the stats about uh, her serve being well below par 9 kilometres per hour on average slower than in her previous match here this week against Madison Brengel she was she fell over a couple of times she she was out of sorts yeah, she but was, what, she didn't yeah. have a plan B to, to resort to and she was no. reluctant to she a couple of times she made forays into the net but then she looked all at sea once she got there completely um, completely kind of panicky about yeah. about getting to no that and what to do to there, that. no conviction at all so look, I, 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 I it was a great performance from Bernardo Pera, but I think by the end of the first set she sort of knew she knew exactly what yeah. she was going to get she knew she wasn't asked the difficult questions today and I don't really know what to make of that from Joe Clontra as much as she's, she's definitely opening up to us I think in defeat she's still not you know, letting on very much
0: I don't think she knows she was asked there today, kind of, why was your serve slow? What happened? I don't think she had any answers for, it, for us because I don't think she knows. Well,
1: is that a worry?
0: Yeah, I'd so say it is. But and, and I think it's, what, three wins in 11 matches, something <laughs> like that? The, the, and she, she acknowledged, what she did do is she acknowledged the problem is you can't replicate match conditions anywhere else. And the problem is when you're losing matches, you don't get many matches. So she can't practice. And she needs to just be able to get beyond this set of results and this feeling of lack of control that she's got on court at the moment. She's not in control of enough matches the way she was. So I I think it's just a question of, of doing the right things and plugging away, and it should come. I don't think there's much you can change, really, with her game, other than just to try to get back to where she was.
1: Yeah, as if there's the. I worry for her though. There's that there's going to be a little bit of a feeling of running in quicksand because this is the portion of the year where she has a lot to defend, you know, and she's going to find herself slipping quite quickly now. If ranking isn't a big deal to her, that that that's okay, and she, maybe she will enjoy slipping down a bit and having a little bit less pressure on her shoulders, you know, constantly being reminded that you're a top ten player, you're playing a lucky loser, you know, you've got everything to lose, and she's got nothing to lose. Maybe that will. Will help things along a bit. I don't know, but the the there are there are minor alarm bells, but I'm, I'm let's give it some time. I think let's give it some time. It's still early days with Michael Joyce. She speaks very positively, so let's give it the benefit fit of the doubt and and hope for the best here on the tennis podcast. Mm-hmm.
0: So as we continue into the evening session here, at the moment it looks like, I don't know whether you'd even call it an upset, the fact that Stan Wawrinka is, as we talk, losing 6-2-3 love to tennis Sandgren of the United States.
1: It's it's called a spade a spade, David Tennis. His name's Tennis.
0: Imagine if you got the name Tennis and you worked in tennis. (laughs) Pretty cool. Um, I
1: get the feeling somehow it's not accidental or coincidental. Really? I don't know, I think if you're it's like Martina Hingis being named after Martina Vrataleva, isn't it? Oh. I think, I think there's a certain pressure to go into a certain profession. Can I be named after West Bromwich? <laughs> oh,
0: forget that. Um, but H- yeah. Hawthorn's law. Not not great seeing Stan losing by this sort of scoreline, is it? It's but no, there've been quite a few somewhere?
1: sort of unedifying sights today, haven't there? And this is definitely definitely one of them. It's not, yeah. I mean. Very well done, him. He, he's out there doing his job. I'm not saying he's a, a merciless Vavrinka uh, killer, but yeah, it's, it's difficult to derive any pleasure at all, really, from seeing a, a, a very definitely subpar Stan Vavrinka. The only positive to be taken is that he did win a match, yeah. which is probably. More than he expected, so M- may
0: well be. Yeah. So, somebody else who struggled today, David Goffan out. Oh, little seed. David Goffin! You, you sent me a picture of David Goffin with, with.
1: It is the loveliest picture. Actually, no, it's the second loveliest picture. At the time, it was the loveliest picture until I found a picture of Sasha Zverev with a wombat. So he's sort of tickling its tummy, and right. it's just it is a joy to behold. Okay,
0: so what's the Goffin one?
1: He is sort of nose to nose with um it's it's called an eskimo kiss that isn't it when you nuzzle noses with somebody he's nose to nose with with a little koala, right. and he really looks like he's he's found a level he, it, it looks like a meeting of minds
0: <laughs> kindred spirit <laughs> um but uh, I'd just like to say as, as much as it's an upset and you know you feel for David Goffin because we all like him he's lovely to watch as well what a great story the guy who beat him Julian Beneteau who I think is in his final year isn't oh, I he?
1: thought he'd retired at the end of last year I thought that was the whole deal about when he had the run at the Paris Masters indoors oh, yeah. I thought that was you know, because it was going to be his last year, Maybe and that was his last so chance. Peeved
0: about that Davis Cup so final, so I feel
1: a little bit shortchanged. <laughs> just, hold on, he's just beaten David. Goldstein. I know. Obviously, he's justified still being on the tour, but I do feel a bit like I've already mourned the loss of Julian <laughs> Benito <Beneteau laughs> from the world of tennis. <laughs> okay, he's, well, he's risen again.
0: You've got a second chance. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Uh, so that, there's an upset. What else happened today? We we've seen I tell you, if you want to know how to deal with with heat problems, do what Madison Keys did today. <laughs> she won six love six one in forty one minutes, the first set being sixteen minutes long.
1: Just absolutely leather the ball and hope it goes in. Yeah. That's I think that's probably the tactic I'd go with. But Alexandrova, her opponent, is is someone that has the same attitude yeah. no matter if that what the goes weather. Wrong, it, you're in it, trouble. I, I think I can tell the story of that match just yeah. from the score line. will <laughs> tell you what, Credits to Dominic
0: Team came back from two sets to love down in the worst of the heat to win in five. He yeah. out Basically, he just wore down Dennis Kudler, the qualifier, didn't he? Angelique Kerber today continues. I mean, what she form is she great. in?
1: Yeah, she's in great form. I've, I think I've got her at least reaching the semifinals, maybe even the... I think she could win this. I really do.
0: Kerber against Sharapova next, isn't it? I
1: think... Well, the fact that I'm saying I think she could win this, I think Kerber's coming through that, but it's going to be a heck of a match.
0: Talking of Kerber, my favourite announcement of the day went out in the press today. Uh, press announcement. Angelique Kerber's birthday cake has been donated to the press. And... Uh, uh, it is currently waiting for you in the kitchen.
1: Angelique Kerber has rejected her birthday cake. I've got I've got a better announcement than that of the day. media. Oh, yeah. In fact, it's a sequence of two. Oh, go on. Then. So Sam Querrey, who lost today, two in four sets, two. Yes,
0: he did lose today. In while four you sets. look that
1: up, I'll tell the it story. It against uh, Fucjovic. Yes, yes, from Hungary, the hung- Hungarian. So an if announcement announcement goes get out in trouble. shortly. Yes, Chris Bradnam loves to, to read that. That name out right. phonetically, it's for everyone's amusement. Um, uh, an announcement goes out shortly after Query's defeat. If anybody would like to speak to Sam Query, please report to the interview desk. Approximately three and a half minutes later, media announcement there will be no press conference with Sam Query. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed out out. loud.
0: He's probably delighted. But anyway, uh, (laughs) Simona Halop won through today. uh, 6-2, 6-2 against Eugenie Bouchard. To me, she looked like she was moving as well as ever. She but did, but there
1: were room. Sorry, Dave. There were rumours before the match that the ankle was not good at all. So well, I, I found that a very interesting performance. And
0: she said herself that uh, the I, I I have an injury and I, I was feeling pain, but I just was trying not to think about it. Um, and certainly, it didn't look bad when she was out there. Alex van der Zverev has just won through six three in the fourth. So that, so he threw Ash Barty carries on. She lost the first set today against Camilla Georgie but she's just won 6-1 in the third so Roger Venner is about to come out onto the court I've got to go and commentate on that
1: have you? with Mark Woodford who I had a chat did with I? earlier
0: Yeah, I didn't even know that
1: yeah we did a we did a preview of Kyrgios oh, yeah. d- just I've done, done a preview with Mark Woodford Australian box ticked Henri Le French box ticked and Mats Villander just excellent box ticked
0: oh ok just general excellence and David yeah, Law oh, yeah less oh, said about that um just one final note as well. Uh, I also did a little feature today uh, on BBC Five Live that'll be going out tomorrow uh, in the official player barbers, where they cut the players' hair and so forth. I walked in on Leon Smith having his done, and I asked, her, and the, the the barber turned out to be in
1: preparation a, for a future appearance on
0: Eurosport. I'm sure. Yes, the barber turned out to be from Manchester uh, and has been here ten years, and it uh, must be a weird accent. He cut Roger Federer's last year, and he reckons that he was partially responsible for his run to the title with his new aerodynamic But it was locks.
1: disappointed, you say, not to be mentioned in his victory He was
0: speech. devastated.
1: Do you know what, you do pick up really interesting nuggets from those barbers and the, the the little corners that they have, the little facilities available in the, uh, the the players' lounge. I remember at Wimbledon one year I did a feature with a barber and he said that Novak Djokovic came for a trim every other day. One millimetre off every other day. Blimey. That is how meticulous the man is. How cool is that? I right. loved that. What, it tells you a lot about the, does. the, the person, doesn't it? I like the meticulousness. That. Meticulous,
0: yeah. Right, I've got to go, Catherine. So, this has been the Tennis Podcast brought to you in association with Eurosport where you can watch all the tennis on Eurosport 1 and 2 and on Eurosport Player. With the Telegraph, read all the Simon Briggs' stuff. We are backed, of course, by Melanie Bowes, our executive producer by TennisBalls.com, by Triple S. How calls cool that for a name? And, of course, we are sponsored by the Manga Club, where Catherine learns her forehand.
1: No, which her
0: improved forehand. we will be met with fire with fire by Jill Crabas, who's my new we coach. We need to
1: agree official wording for this forehand business.
0: Well, I'll tell you, the rematch is coming. We'll be back with another tennis podcast tomorrow. See you then.
1: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things.